Pushkin. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See the most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. I don't normally have people introduce themselves here on Backstage Pass, but I had to share this one with you because, well, in a second, you'll see why. My name is Stephanie Beatriz. I'm an actor. You might know me from such programs as Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I play Rosa Diaz on there. And I also recently played Carla in In the Heights. And Eric is my voice teacher. You left out one important thing. Oh, what's that? You said I'm an actor uh-huh. and I'm a... Singer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Very hard to sort of wrap my brain around the fact that I can sing still. But you can, and you've done two musicals, so... Thanks. Yes. This is Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro, and I'm Eric Vitro. I have to say, I love my job because I get to coach some of the most talented and famous singers working today. On this show, I talk to them about their lives, their craft, and what it really takes to make it big in the music business. I work with a lot of singers, but as you heard, even though Stephanie's been in musical features like In the Heights and the animated Disney musical Encanto, Stephanie didn't consider herself a singer. She didn't call herself one. To be honest, she was surprisingly apprehensive about her singing. At first, she wasn't even sure she should audition for In the Heights. I remember my friend Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine saying, you have to audition for this. You have to. And I was like, I'm not a singer. They're going to choose singers. Like, I, I don't, what am I doing? I'm not a singer. Have you heard that track that Carla sings? It's not easy. She was like, get a voice lesson. Get prepared. Go in there and do your best. So you called me. Yes. 
And then I remember calling and being very nervous. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I haven't taken a voice lesson since college. It's uh-huh. been like years. <laughs> you were a little like, you know, I'm not really a real singer. They probably need great singers for this and all of that. And in my head, I'm thinking, if I say yes to this person, it means I'm saying no right. to that person. Right. So... I think I remember the first half of the call going, who should I recommend her to? Who should I tell her she should? Because I don't have time. But you were so charismatic, so funny. You had such a great personality. I so enjoyed talking to you. I was like, oh, what the hell? And then you came in, and I don't get this feeling all the time, but I kind of thought, oh, uh, this is going to work. She's going to do it. Like, I actually remember, and oh, I think awesome. I said it to you, too, that I have a really good feeling about this role of Carla you in, did. in the Heights. You did. And boom, it happened. Yeah. What do you remember about that process? What I really remember about the first lesson was that you talked to me about singing the song like it was a monologue. And it was so helpful to me because I was so nervous about the sounds coming out of my mouth. I didn't have a lot of technique at the time. Like I was quickly learning from what we were covering in the hour that I spent with you that first time. But you talked about Emily Blunt Mm -hmm. and how you gave her some notes that were the same notes that you were giving me, which was like, think about what your character desires in this song and why that might connect to where the notes are going. And I was like, duh, you know, like it was like someone just opened a door and was like, over here, some new tools to use. And it was really extremely helpful. I remember that being like, oh, my God, I'm I'm way less worried about the sound and I'm way more invested in what I'm doing as an actor. And I think that's what got me the role. Well, I'm so happy to hear that that was helpful. You know, I say that to really everybody because everyone's voice always sounds better when they stop listening Mm -hmm. and thinking about it, Mm -hmm. right? And especially in your case, because I thought, well, she's a really good actress, so she's going to respond to thinking about this as an actor as opposed to as a singer. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you bring up Emily because she was even more reticent about auditioning than you were. She was like, what a waste of time. I'm wasting your time. I'm wasting my time. And then she started singing. I was like, oh, she has a beautiful voice. Then she did Into the Woods and then became Mary Poppins. And with you, you did Into the Heights and now are a Disney princess. I mean, it just shows you that you can't hold yourself back. You can't make those decisions. If someone sees something in you, take it in, absorb it, go with it. Don't fight them on it. Yeah. Your voice has been such a huge part of your career, obviously. And so like when you're doing different people like Rosa Diaz or Carla, what do you think about beforehand? Do you spend a lot of time thinking about what each character is going to sound like? For me, at least, it comes more in the rehearsal process or like in the process of starting to work with the other actors and see like what the fit is. Sometimes I have like a really strong take on it. Like I think for Carla during In the Heights, I knew I wanted to do something like much higher. Higher in pitch. Higher in pitch, yes, because she sort of lives in this place of like she lives in the top of her head, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that she kind of lives in this like floaty, I'm involved, but I'm also like half of my brain is maybe somewhere else half of this time, you know? Well, there's a funny line in the song where she doesn't get... She doesn't get what's going on. Yeah. You know, (laughs) she doesn't always get what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens multiple times, right? Like it happens in... 
the beauty salon, it happens in the lyrics. It's like, so Carla, funny. come on. I don't think I know what you mean, Carla. He's packing a stretch limousine. And then it happens where she, she's been witness, the same as everyone else, to Usnavi and Vanessa's relationship. And she has to have it directly <laughs> pointed out to her. And then she's like, wow, now that you mention that sexual tension, it's easy to see. <laughs> I love that. The way that he wrote it is so indicative of what that character is. It's like totally. So she's like adding it. You can see her doing the math, you know, and you can hear her doing the math, which is really cool. Exactly. Exactly. It's so sweet. There's something very sweet about it. So for me, I was like, well, she probably lives in like a much higher register. Such a good choice. Such a good choice. Yeah. And for Rosa on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the opposite, right? I mean. Yes. She does not suffer fools. She does not. And also like, side note, this is something that I don't talk about very much. But when I auditioned for the pilot, I was teaching workout classes in Hollywood. And I was yelling and using my voice a lot. And so it was raspy. When I went in for that audition, it was raspy. And I thought, how am I going to, like, work with this a little bit? And so it sounded better to me if I placed it just a tiny bit lower. Not as low as I eventually placed the Rosa voice. Right. But a little bit lower in my register helped me sound stronger in the auditions. Because I auditioned originally for the Amy Santiago role, and then they called me back for the Amy role and for the Rosa role. So I wanted to differentiate between those two, too. And so for Rosa, I just placed it a little bit lower in my register. So she talks a lot deeper than I do. She's very straightforward. She kind of talks in this register. And she doesn't suffer fools. She thinks everyone's an idiot. Well, I have plans on Saturday, too. I'm having dinner with my parents. So? You don't even like your parents. You call them smiley morons and hug freaks. Plans are plans. I'm a badass, not an anarchist. So once you determined that that was Rosa, like Mm -hmm. you really go, okay, this is who she is. I love this. This is her. Do you do anything vocally to prep for that? Or do you just go in and it just happens? I did not prep for it. And it caught up with me at a certain point. Uh It caught up with me, I think, like second or third season. It was, like, uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. I can slide into it really easily now because I know where it lives comfortably. Right. But there was a point where, and I think it was, like, coming back to the show after, like, the break because we shoot for X amount of weeks and then we have a break while they decide whether or not they're going to (laughs) kill us or not, you know? And then coming back, it would be like, oh, no, what is this voice? Like, where is it? Over time, I sort of tried to, like, train myself to, like, slide back into it easily. And now it's, like, second nature. It doesn't, right, I don't yeah. need to do that. But there was a point where I realized, like, you have to think about this a little bit more. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about that because I do think people need to think about that. Like, if you are going to do an unusual character mm-hmm. voice, sometimes you should really warm up your voice, do yes. exercises, practice doing it, build up a strength and a stamina yes. to be able to do it. All totally. Of that. Especially with, I think, accents. Mm-hmm. And people don't think of accents as related to singing but they are because it's so much about sound and where the sound is in your mouth and what sounds natural to an audience you know like if you don't practice that you will say your hard r on stage when you're not supposed to you just will stephanie sounds confident about her voice and her skills now but she was insecure about singing for a long time she told me it all started back in middle school I went to a public school in Houston, and my school had three electives. They had choir, art, and speech and debate. And 
Art was very expensive because you had to have money for all these like supplies. So that was kind of out of the question. Choir, the first day that I was in there, literally the first day that I was in there, the teacher was like, I'm not sure that you have um, the best voice. So I would consider switching your elective. (laughs) She literally pulled me aside and said that to me. So I switched. I switched to speech and debate because I was mortified. And in speech and debate, that was the first time that I sort of started acting. The speech and debate class would do like a a play and they did a melodrama. And I was cast as the bad guy in the melodrama. So I wore like a top hat and a mustache. And it was really fun. I had a blast. I had such a blast. I bet. We had like three performances, you know. Sixth and seventh and eighth graders all go to the auditorium and watch the performance. And I remember the next day at school, there was a boy in my science class who'd never talked to me before. And he came up to my desk and was like, hey, your brother was really funny in that play. You got to tell him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and I didn't know, you know, that was my first experience with like, oh, I fooled you. Wow. I really deeply fooled you because you've been in classes with me. Since sixth grade, now we're in seventh grade. Wow. You've seen me every day in your science class, and I fooled you, and I made you laugh, and I made you come up to me to communicate to my non-existent brother that you liked what I did in the play. What a light bulb moment. Yeah, it really was. Doing a movie like In the Heights and then becoming a Latinx Disney princess, what would you say to that teacher now? I think I would... take her aside gently and not in front of her whole class or like send her an email or something and say, I would think twice about how you pose things to students that might take them really seriously. But also thank you because (laughs) because you booted me out of your choir and I found my way to theater. So... Yes, you you probably got so much more out of it. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like thrilled you didn't let it hold you back or stop you from singing the rest of your life. Because I could think of a few choice things to say to her. (laughs) And maybe I'll hunt her down and say (laughs) it. Well, you know, that just really struck to my core, you saying that. Because my father used to always say, he had heard me singing along with some TV commercial when I was three and said I was... (laughs) Out of key, off key. I was out of tune. And he wouldn't let go of it. Like, he held on to that thing for years. And he did get me a piano and gave me piano lessons. So I'll give him that. But he was like, stay away from anything singing. Because, like, you don't have an ear for it. And I don't know what inside of me got me to keep going because he was so negative. And then when I would watch people on TV sometimes, because I knew right away, I'd say, oh, I'd love to play the piano for them or I'd love to give them some notes. Mm -hmm, Like I'm mm -hmm. singing. Like even as a kid, I used to think that. And he'd go, what makes you think you're going to get to Hollywood and meet these people? And somehow, if you have that thing inside of you, you have to listen to it. Yes, It is about honoring it and trusting it and allowing yourself to listen to it and not let other people drown it out, especially people who are these big figures in your life, like teachers, like parents, like, you know, like people you look up to that say, like, it's not for you. Right. If that is painful to you to have somebody say, like, that's not for you, if if there's pain there. I think that that's a sign of like, oh, that must be for me because it's that it costs me something to hear that. Oh, that's a great point. Well, I've observed with you that 
even when like the music is challenging, like when you get a new song, like uh-huh. where, for example, when Encanto songs were coming, you were always like, oh yeah, this can be challenging, but you never backed away from it in any way. And I, I thought that was such an admirable quality that you were like, yeah, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to go for this and I'm going to make it happen. Thank you. Stay right there. Next on Backstage Pass, Stephanie and I will talk about the biggest challenge she faced while working on Disney's Encanto, singing with an unexpected partner. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Welcome back to Backstage Pass. So, Stephanie and I worked together for In the Heights, and then we started working on Disney's Encanto. In the movie, Stephanie plays the lead role of Mirabelle, a 15-year-old Colombian girl. But pretty soon after she started recording, she found out she had a new singing partner. I didn't know that I was pregnant until we had already done dialogue and stuff before I found out. And then I found out and was like, whoa, like, what do we do? (laughs) And it didn't affect me for a while, at least singing wise. It didn't affect me for a while until really like this last, what they call the third trimester. So like that's sort of when it started really being like, whoa, this is different. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. No, I know. You know, it's funny because I think of it as you carrying two people along with you. You've got this baby inside mm-hmm. that you're carrying, but you've been carrying and helping Mirabelle. Yeah. To, you know, so it's like, it, how interesting that you're doing both at the same time. It is really wild. You it's know, but wild. we should talk about, obviously, there were new challenges singing yes. as the pregnancy went on. Yes. So would you like to talk about some of yeah. those? Yeah. Because you felt them. 
I, I, I was, you know, I was trying to be empathetic, yeah. but I'm not feeling it. I don't know what it feels like. So I would try to think if I ate a lot one day and I'd be really stuffed, I'd go, oh, maybe this is what it feels like. I'm having trouble breathing. This is what it must be like. It's very similar. So tell me. I think one of the biggest things and that was surprising was breath. One of the things that we work on is like, diaphragmatic breathing, right? Mm -hmm. Like inhaling and then exhaling while you're singing to allow the breath to support the sound. At a certain point, it was holding the longer notes and like very quickly, it was like I would inhale and then when I would exhale and sing the note, I could feel where the baby was inside me, which was such a trip. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that because you said, I feel an elbow. Yes. I could feel like, oh, that's a shoulder. Like, that's a shoulder and that's an elbow. And sometimes when we were doing those exercises, when we were holding those long breaths, the baby would let me know, like, I don't have enough space. And it would shove into a side or move a leg that was like, please give me more space, you know? Wow. So toward the beginning of singing the songs for Encanto, it was really fun to sing through the entire song during the recording session. You know, we would break it up, obviously, like, do smaller chunks and work on the smaller chunks and see what's going to be best for storytelling. But then at the end of the session, we'll go through the whole song just for fun. There's actually no way at this point in the pregnancy, which is like quite late, there's actually no physical way for me to get through the entire song because I don't have enough breath to make it through the whole song in one chunk, which is like... Sorry for my language, but it's a mind fuck because like you go, oh, Noah, does that mean that I'm not good? Am I failing people because I can't do the thing that I want to be able to do so badly, which is like sing this song from front to end and give the performance that I want to fully give? And the answer is like somewhere in the middle, which is like, no, it doesn't well, mean wait, you're... Let me speak up. Uh, yes. Let me give you the answer. No. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I'm glad you said that because I think people think those kind of things about various things in their life. And the truth is, it's been the opposite. Everybody has been so impressed that you have done such a great job. Well, I don't want to say despite being pregnant because that's kind of a negative, but it's true. Everyone's so impressed that you were able to do what you did do. That's awesome. So instead of anyone going, oh, we're disappointed she's not singing it from top to bottom, <laughs> which very rarely do people record that way anyway, right. you were doing big chunks of the song and it was great. And I think everybody was so thrilled and happy that you never you never canceled. You never said, I can't do this. You never said, I need to take a break. Oh, woe is me. I need to sit down. Oh, I need a break. Someone massage my feet. I mean, there was never a diva moment or anything. If people didn't know you were pregnant, nobody would be the wiser because wow. you sang through it so beautifully. That's really great to hear. I'm so really yeah, glad. so let me just put an end to that okay, thinking. Okay, great. Thanks. I was amazed because I did get to see you getting a little larger yeah, as yeah, time yeah, went you really on. Yeah, did, yeah. And I was like, how is she? Do-? That's why I would ask you, like, can you bend over on this exercise? Because <laughs> well, the truth was like toward toward the end there, like I couldn't bend. But I didn't want to just take anything for granted. Like, yeah. oh, she'll be fine with that. I was like, well, can you do this? And yeah, and then we just worked around everything. Mm-hmm. I think the the internet is helpful sometimes. <gasps> you in, learned a lot I by did. doing research. Yes, I sent you a study that I found. Yeah, and I really found some exercises, and you know, 
I started going to physical therapy just like on the side for the pregnancy. And I asked the physical therapist, I was like, I'm worried about, she was like, no, you're fine. Like I've been watching you. We've been working on stuff. Your abdominal muscles are strong. You can handle it. Go for it. Don't worry about like something's going to snap or break. You know, (laughs) like it's not. Your body's built to do this. You're strong. You can do it. Yeah. I, well, I kept saying I was convinced it was helping you. I thought I it was I think it really... might be, but I certainly feel like way more connected to my body. I think that's the thing about singing lessons. They connect you to yourself. Mm. You know, they really mm-hmm. do. Like some people connect in yoga. Some people connect through sports. But singing, I think, is like there's so many parts of your body that are working together in unison to create sound and you become really aware of what your body is doing why are your shoulders up by your Mm -hmm. ears like what's going on with your chest you know like how come your neck is all tight like (laughs) right why is your chin up you know it's like all of it starts to make you go like oh why am i doing that wow i'm carrying tension in a lot of places you know yeah well, by the way, if you do feel like you're going into labor, I will drive you right now to the hospital. Great, thank but you. I'm going to keep recording. Okay. Because <laughs> how fantastic. I was thinking this morning, boy, if she goes into labor, that'd be great for the podcast. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's what I was thinking. But So I don't want you to force it, but in case. Just in case. So in Encanto, mm-hmm. you play Mirabelle. She's 15 years old. Now, in real life, you're not 15. You're Correct. You're a woman. <laughs> and you're pregnant. And yes. you're married. Yes. Uh, what was it like, though, channeling or going back to your inner teen for her? It was really fun. I mean, I think in true Disney tradition, she is like a combination of a lot of things that I love about Disney heroines and Disney sidekicks. It's almost like she's both at once. And I say that because a lot of times the heroines in Disney movies have not been written funny. The sidekicks are often the comedic support. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's changed in the last few years with films like Frozen and Moana, where the actors are much more free to make fun and funny choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to them for sort of paving that way because I think that's the thing that I love about helping create this character of Mirabelle is that, you know, in the world of Encanto, her entire family has magical powers except for her. And so she's in this space in which, like, everyone in town knows them. Everyone depends on them. Her grandmother is, like, this matriarch of this, like, magical family. Nobody's paying attention to Mirabelle a lot of the time because people are focused on the magic and the familial performance that has to happen because like in a way they're like the the famous people in town right like they are the magic family and so like who cares about Mirabelle you know I'm not super strong like Luisa the donkey's got out again on it or effortlessly perfect like senorita perfecta Isabella but mama why am I the only one that didn't get a gift You're just as special as anyone else in this family. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. I think for her, some of her comedy comes from covering that feeling. And some of it just comes from being allowed to be whoever she is because Mm -hmm. no one's paying attention. Mm -hmm. So what that allows Mirabel to do is like kind of figure out 
maybe who she is or she's trying to. Mm-hmm. And that to me is something that like I really deeply understand because like as a teenager and as a a young person, I was really trying to figure out who I was. I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I looked right, sounded right, was right. I didn't fit what I saw around me as like the standard of beauty, especially in Texas at that time, which was, you know, white, blonde, beautiful. That takes a toll on a kid, I think. And also I felt like, well, my family's different. My mom and dad speak Spanish at home and we don't have a lot of money and I don't feel like I fit in or I don't feel understood or I feel like I'm in these like smart advanced classes and it makes me feel like a nerd and I just feel like I stick out. My parents were, well, they were trying to get us to assimilate. And my sister and I, they were really worried about us being accepted and and assimilating quickly. And that was kind of the way that things were happening back then in the 80s, 90s. It was like, have your kid fit in. Don't let them stick out. So much so that my sister doesn't even speak Spanish. She can understand it, but she can't speak it. With your dad being Colombian, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what does this role, like, mean to you? (laughs) It's really, I mean, and it's, I have no words, really. I will say my dad is on a WhatsApp chat with all of his family in Colombia. And the day that the news broke, my phone was exploding. Like they were all losing their minds. One of the things I think that they've done really beautifully is they've kind of created this world in which multiple regions of Colombia are represented in this film in the way that they can be in an hour and a half animated film. But right. I think visually, visually they've done something that I've never seen before in a Disney film. The visual style of this film is really, really rooted in magical realism, which is a deeply Colombian literary thing, you know. And I think it pays homage and pays respect to Colombia but also the people of Colombia and the myriad of different ways those people came to Colombia, what they've dealt with as mm-hmm. Colombians, and the way they, they look. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things are subtly layered into the film, but they're also really important. Yeah, and it's not just the visuals, it's the music too. It's so peppy and like, Welcome to the family, Madrigal. The home of the family, Madrigal. I know it sounds a bit fantastical, but magical, but I'm part of the family, Madrigal. One of the things I'm so excited about is seeing it with people because, like, I've only seen little clips of it. So, like, what's going to happen when there's, like, little kids in their seats? Like, are they going to be moving around? What are they going to do? dancing or, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, my God. So my earliest memories of music actually were, and it's funny because it's very full circle, but they were Disney. They were us with the VHS tapes, watching them over and over and connecting really deeply, really quickly to these Disney songs. I loved Sleeping Beauty. I loved Cinderella. I can remember standing in the bathroom with the door locked, acting out the solo from Mulan, who's that girl I see? You're kidding. And then recently when we were recording in Canto, 
one of the things that Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote the music for Encanto, one of the things that he texted me was, you know, I'm really trying to write a song that little kids will want to sing to themselves alone in the mirror. And as soon as he sent that text, I started bawling because I thought, that's exactly what I did. It's exactly what I did. Do you have a piece of advice you would give to a younger Stephanie Beatriz? Oh, (sighs) I would say trust yourself. Mm. Trust yourself way more than you are already. You can allow yourself to believe even more. And I think I I like wish I could just go back and sort of like stand her in front of a mirror and be like, look at her. She's so great. Like, look at what she has to offer. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's like it's honestly the same conversation I'm having with myself all the time still. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I would say. Trust Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust yourself, trust your instinct, and always trust your heart. That's what I did. I had a knowing deep down inside that this is what I was meant to do, despite all the negative comments my father had. I soldiered on, and I'm so glad I did, because I have a career I truly love and treasure. And if I hadn't trusted myself, I would have missed out on all of it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break with this week's vocal tip. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Here's our vocal tip of the week. Hallelujah, 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 
One aspect that sets apart a really fantastic performance from kind of a mediocre one is dynamics, the variations of volume from soft to loud. If someone sings with very little variation and the whole song is either just loud or just soft, it will usually be a bit boring. Of course, there are always exceptions like a really soft, beautiful lullaby or a quiet, intimate love song. Dynamics can completely create or even destroy the mood of a song. I always have my students practice singing in a wide range of dynamics to prepare them for when they're performing or recording to achieve the most compelling and powerful performances possible. An easy way to start practicing dynamic exercises is to pick a musical pattern. For example, this one. Try singing it twice. First soft and then loud, like this. Basses, baritones, and tenors start on a C below middle C, transposing down by half steps and then back up by half steps to go to your lowest note and then to your highest note. Sopranos and altos, you try starting on a B-flat below middle C, again transposing down by half steps and then back up by half steps to go to your lowest note and then to your highest note. For example... That pattern seems too complicated, and it is a little tricky. Try a simpler one like this. Basses, baritones, and tenors, you start on a C below middle C. For you sopranos and altos, try starting right on a middle C. And there you go. If you want to share how you practice your vocal dynamics, I'd love to hear you. Use the hashtag BackstagePassPod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or wherever you like to post. I can't wait to see your videos. I'll see you next week. Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro is written and hosted by me, Eric Vitro, and produced by Morgan Jaffe. Catherine Girardeau is our showrunner. Emily Rostek is our associate producer. Kate Parkinson Morgan is our editor. The show is mixed and mastered by Ben Talladay. Additional engineering help is from Jacob Gorski and Martin Gonzalez. Mia Lobel is our executive producer. Our development team, Lital Molad and Justine Lang, help create the show. 
thanks also to Jacob Weisberg, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Christina Sullivan, Eric Sandler, Maggie Taylor, Nicole Morano, Daniela Lacan, and Royston Bezerve. The original theme music is by Jacob and Sita Steele for Premier Music Group. We record at Resonate Studios. Fred Tallickson does our videography, and the photography is by Ken Sawyer. A very special thanks to Michael Lewis for his inspiration and the best guidance anyone could ask for. Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review it. I mean that really. Share, rate it, review it. And if you love the show and others from Pushkin Industries, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.